You're listening to episode 185 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. The energy walking into 2021 is full of optimism and hope, but we know that at any moment, life can throw a curveball. 2020 threw its fair share of them, and the crazy part is many astrologers foresaw many of the events that were to come in 2020, such as a global health crisis. Astrology is a tool, and as many of you know, especially if you're a return listener or have even dipped your feet into the astrology water, that astrology is way more than just horoscopes. Today's guest is a requested guest, but beyond that, she is truly a ray of light. Raquel Reyes is an astrologer and writer. She has quickly become one of my favorite people to follow on social media because of her energy and the way she guides us through astrology and what is going on. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this, that I got tongue-tied a few times in this episode. This may be the first time on a podcast where I felt like I couldn't get my words right. When I asked Raquel what was going on astrologically, she told me that we were in Mercury retrograde shadow period, meaning Mercury retrograde was technically over, but the energy was still present, and Mercury rules communication. Maybe you won't notice, especially if you're new to the show, but I wanted to point this out for two reasons. One, I'm not flawless and I don't pretend to be. I really practice what I preach and I preach what I need to practice. And authenticity is key in these parts. And the second reason, I wanted to show you how sometimes things that are happening to you can be energetic. And that energetic vibration has a lot to do with what's going on in the sky. Be sure to screenshot that you're listening. Share that screenshot on Instagram stories. Tag me in it, at MindBizLife. And of course, don't forget to tell me what resonated most with you in today's episode. As always, take what resonates, leave the rest. The goal of this podcast is life mastery for your own unique journey. Okay, I think that covers it all. Are you ready to meet Raquel? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. I am so excited for today's guest and show. Not only do we need some guidance for 2021, but you, the listener, specifically requested that astrologer Raquel Reyes be the one to deliver said guidance. So Raquel, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Lauren. And hey, everyone. I am totally excited and thrilled to be here. Well, I know we have a lot to unpack today, but before we dive deep, I'm curious to know a little bit more about your story and your background. What led you to becoming an astrologer? Thank you so much for asking that question because I always love to revisit the story. Um, I actually discovered astrology at 10 years old. Wow. (laughs) I had this really cool babysitter who taught me the tarot and for anyone who has tarot experience or knowledge, you know that astrology sort of encrusted in the tarot deck. Mm. Um, And so that was my first exposure to it. And I kind of forgot, you know, we get into the Spice Girls and all these things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or I did at least. Yeah, me too. Yes. Okay, good. Are you, who's your Spice Girl? Oh man, I think that's evolved as I've grown, you know, like I remember being like really, you know, like 
like posh spice at one, you know, maybe I'm still with posh. You know, I'm, I'm still going to rock. <laughs> no, I'm a Virgo. So I'm definitely with posh. Yes. I'm a Virgo moon. So maybe that's why. Yeah. It is. That is so funny. I was always really into posh, but um, yeah, you know, I kind of went through my, my adolescent years and I actually I remember in high school I was a little perturbed by astrology I thought it was like a little weird I felt really boxed in I didn't like the stereotypes I didn't like the horoscopes I was reading and Mm. I kind of just disregarded it a little bit because I hate to be judged I later found out that's because I'm a Sagittarius rising Mm. Um, (laughs) and I did revisit astrology at like 18 19 and at 18 and a half I actually met my first mentor and that's when I discovered that there's a whole entire astrological natal chart, that it's so much more than a horoscope, that it is so much more than a sun sign. I had no idea that the planets in the sky were telling a story of the current events in the macro world. And that was fascinating to me. And so when I started really deep studying, I felt a really beautiful connection. And if you look into my lineage, I'm actually of Mayan descent. And of course the Mayans made calendars and they studied astronomy and astrology. And so it actually goes a little deeper back into my lineage. And so that connection was really resonant for me and gave me a lot of motivation to continue studying. And I really just never put it down. And so now I'm 32. And I've just, I'll be a lifelong student of astrology. All astrologers are lifelong students. There's always so much more to learn. So here I am and I don't ever see myself doing anything different. I feel like I'm very much so on my path and carrying out my life's work. Wow. And it, to me, when you said that this is, you know, your lineage, I just intuitively felt in that moment, like you have been doing this for lifetimes. I feel that because I it's strange how I I can get a little ADD I'm the person who's like squirrel um (laughs) when it comes to astrology though I have this really really enormous scholastic aptitude that I really don't have for anything else I learn really quickly and I just feel really passionate about it and I, I do feel like I tend to know things where I'm like, wait, did I study that? Or do I somehow just know that? And Mm -hmm. so I'll go check it and I'm like, it's accurate. And so I believe in past lives and I believe we're on a soul's journey. And so I would have to agree with you about the many lifetimes as an astrologer. Oh, that's so cool. And and color me curious, but you said your sun is in Virgo and you are Sag rising. So your moon is... My moon is in Capricorn. Oh my God. Okay. So we're, we're like flip-flop right now. So I'm Capricorn sun and Virgo moon, but Libra rising. I love it. That is how cool is that? (laughs) Earth goddess realness. And you know, also too, really quick. I just want to say, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not a Virgo or Capricorn. um, We actually have all 12 signs living within us available. We have all 12 signs of the Zodiac somewhere present in our life. So you are in some area of life, a Virgo, a Sag, a Libra, and a Capricorn. Yes, absolutely. And that was one of the most fascinating things to me to learn, especially because like you said, when you're just only following a horoscope for your sun sign, sometimes that, that doesn't resonate with you. And I'm sure there's someone listening today who maybe has already dipped their toes in astrology once and then maybe pulled their foot right back out of the water real quick, or maybe they're still a little skeptical about astrology. So what would you like them to know or remember about what astrology is or isn't as we kind of start this conversation? 
Well, one thing that I always share with people is that astrology is a guiding light. It's not a sentence on your life. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've, I've opened so many different charts at this point. And what I've learned is that we are all so incredibly and beautifully, what I like to call perfectly imperfect and unique. And with that being said, it's important to remember as well that astrology can really only take you 50% of the way. The other 50% that determines the journey is your free will. And it's free will only that determines what ends up happening in your experience. And so we can look at the astrology, but we don't want to create self-fulfilling prophecies or create these dynamics in our lives where we feel boxed in by it or chained to it, or like we can't go do certain things because of something that maybe we saw in our astrology. I'm a rebel and I love to challenge my astrology. So when I see something tough in my astrology, I'm like, okay, universe, let's do this. <laughs> I love that attitude. And it's so important to remember as well, because I think sometimes we do get put in that box and it can be really easy to live inside of that box and difficult in the same breath too, depending if you're aligned or not. But I know when we have, when we're just talking about astrology in general, 2020. Woo, we had some big things happen. I feel Capricorn was really that prominent spot, that prominent sign that was popping, especially with Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter. Of course, we had tons of retrogrades this year. I feel there was a lot of undoing, unlearning, dismantling, and even surrendering. So astrologically, how did 2020 prepare us for what's ahead? That's a great question. And my moon is actually 25 degrees Capricorn. So um, the Capricorn pileup has quite literally been on top of my moon sign. So I've actually been feeling these energies in my micro as they're happening in the macro. So it's been a really interesting experience for me. And with that being said, it's totally been a dismantling. It is really setting us up for the new earth which is the age of air. So we are closing out an almost 200 year cycle of earth and moving into an almost 200 year cycle of air. And this is a huge, huge shift. And so anytime that we're at the end of a massive shift where we're talking centuries, it only makes sense that things sort of crumble and fade and change and are like we're saying dismantled because what we're doing is we're essentially preparing for this new earth and the new earth actually begins here in 2021. It's the great conjunct on December 21st. Ooh, tell us more about this. I'm, this is really interesting to me because that feels like a lot. Like if you take a step back here, like, Oh, 200 years. And now it's all kind of shifting that that's a lot. Yeah. So basically, you know, the age of, earth we think of the earth signs right we think of what we can touch see feel the material world and if we look back into history in the last 200 years we can see that that's really when capitalism and the patriarchy came up and was on the rise and so the earth signs are about you know financial stuff and money stuff and um what you know equity and things of that nature and that's sort of a darker topic in a lot of ways. And so when we move into the age of air, well, air element is all about ideas, communication, the collective. It's really about like mental activity and even rules the internet. 
So it's really interesting to me that moving out of the age of earth, we have a lot of people taking their businesses from every day going into an office onto the internet. Um, And funny enough, the internet is actually in its Saturn return right now. Ooh, tell us a little bit more about that because I I think some people may not know what a Saturn return is. Um, So a Saturn return, everyone has this when you are between the ages of 27 and 30. It is an astrological rite of passage, but essentially it is designed to catapult you from youth to adulthood, whether you're prepared for that or not. Um, Astronomically speaking, Saturn takes about 29 and a half years to orbit around to get to the same exact place that it was at the exact moment of your birth. So that is the Saturn return. And so essentially a Saturn return is when you break out of the constructs imposed upon you and you get to become who you really are. And so the fact that that's happening for the internet is essentially a rebirth of the internet, how we use it. I think we can all safely say the internet has been a new layer of human connection and our social life. It's no longer just popping on really quick to, you know, throw up an AIM away message. This is <laughs> this is how we're meeting our future partners. This is how we're meeting our best friends. This is how we're conducting business. So this is a really big shift in how we all use the internet globally. Wow, that is so fascinating and not even something I was consciously thought about because you and I we're, we're part of that generation where technology, internet in our homes really started with us. Like, I don't know about you, but we had a computer room. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you had a computer room? Me too. Yes, yes. yes. And it's, it's like, that's not, I feel like that's not a thing these days, no, right? Like, no, I'm not a thing. I had a computer room and I remember I wouldn't ever be able to get on AOL because my stepdad would be on the phone yes. and we- my mom would be like, can you guys not? I'm like, I need to get on the internet. And he's like, I need to make a call. I remember always having that dispute. And I remember trying to explain that to my, you know, Gen Y little sister. And she's like, what are you talking about? Why would you guys have that issue? And I'm like, oh God. (laughs) My my daughter asked me the other day, she was like, mom, did you have this app when you were a kid? And I'm like, no, we didn't. No, we we didn't have apps. Really sorry to break it to you, but we had this when you when you logged onto the internet and just patience in itself. I just the internet in itself. We used to have to sit there and wait to log on, wait for it to dial up. You had to wait for someone to get off the phone so that you could connect. And now it is so fast that we tend to get a little bit more frustrated if Instagram doesn't. It doesn't open or we have an app that force closes. We almost forgot that once we really had to be more patient with the internet in general. So how crazy that even the internet is going through a transformation. Yeah. And it's funny as well, how the internet's Saturn return and what we're talking about here with, you know, we used to have to wait and things would take a long time and now they're really fast. That's also really representative of the shift from the old earth you know, age into the age of air. Wow. Interesting. And so this, the age of air, what more do we have to look forward to? Because I feel like since we are in this shift, there's still a lot more to be navigated. It's not just so easy as turning on and off of a light switch, right? Right. <laughs> it, it won't be um, a switch that goes off. What we can expect are really long-term collective changes because Jupiter and Saturn coming together, um, Jupiter is really resourceful and really powerful and Saturn rules structure, foundation, 
and linear time. So this will take time. And this is also about innovation. So what we can really expect at this point and moving into 2021 is, you know, it's going to be a little scary because we might want to hold on to the old way, but there's a lot of really cool things that we're going to start seeing that are probably going to make our lives easier. Um, there's going to be a lot of, like I said, innovation and there's going to be a lot of creativity that we can expect. And so this is a really great time to focus on your ideas, focus on the stuff going on mentally that you have, because you know, money, of course, is a resource, but what we're going to find in 2021 is that our greatest resource is actually our mind. Oh, I am so down with that theme. Are there any types of alignments that we need to be aware of in 2021? Honestly, there's too many to name. <laughs> I mean, there's transits every week. So like there's, I could name a thousand, honestly. Right. Um, but we do have some really notable things that I think are really important to look at. And the first place that I really want to start is with the eclipses. Mm. Because the eclipses are activated by the north and south node of destiny, which are fixed points in the sky. And the north and south node of destiny, it's called the dragon's head and the dragon's tail, actually represent karma and fate and destiny unfolding. That's why when eclipses roll around, it, all these very faded feeling things happen or people come or people go. And the eclipses are like the cosmic probation officers that kind of, you know, take away from you what's not meant for you. They reroute your life um, without any provocation or permission from you, but they never change or take away anything that's really meant for you. And so with the eclipses, we're moving out of Cancer and Capricorn eclipses for, you know, that was about two years. And those eclipses were all about how we mother and father ourselves. It was all about how we take care of each other, how we take care of ourselves and even the world around us in Mother Earth. And what that was setting us up for are the new eclipses we're going to have in 2021. So we're on the Gemini Sagittarius eclipse axis as well as the Taurus and Scorpio eclipse axis in 2021. And I think those are really important to talk about because those are going to be catalyzing events. Oh, so what are the, how does the energy shift when it's in those signs compared to the Cancer and Virgo or Cancer and Capricorn? So basically the North node is in Gemini and the South node is in Sagittarius. And so essentially the South node issues are always going to come to the surface. Now this will happen in your personal life, but you're also gonna see it happen in the macro in the collective in the outer world. And so we always just wanna pay attention and remember it's as above, so below. It's the inner world and the outer world working in a symbiosis. And so Gemini and Sagittarius, this is all about how we learn. It's about information and Sagittarius being that South node what it's going to bring to the surface for us to navigate are issues of travel, education, cultures, learning, um, higher consciousness, organized religions. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going to come to the surface and all of it is truly an opportunity for us to activate that North Node in Gemini, which is about coming together, learning, communicating, sharing our voices, speaking, and ultimately finding solutions to all of those South Node issues. That sounds powerful. That sounds like a, a powerful shift too, and a, and a much needed and welcome one as well. And I'm sure someone's 
wondering right now, are only Geminis and Sagittarius affected by this? Or if you are Gemini sun or Gemini moon, does it affect you more or less? Or is that not how an eclipse works? Well, we all will definitely feel it collectively. The North Node actually moved into Gemini on May 5th, and May was a really um, big month in terms of that Sagittarius South Node coming to the light, where um, we saw a lot of things happening in society, a lot of things being brought to the table, called to the table in terms of our social issues, like issues of racism and white supremacy and capitalism and all these things all of a sudden came to the surface. They were always there, but they were hidden. So again, the South Node brings it to the surface. So everyone obviously was around in May. And so no matter what is going on in your astrology, we were all made very aware and conscious of that Sagittarius South Node energy wanting to come to the surface. Now, if you have the eclipses on top of any of your angles, the MC, the IC, the AC, or the DC, that's where you're probably going to feel the most shifting. But of course, if you have your personal planets in Gemini or Sag, then you're definitely going to probably have a more intimate experience with the eclipses. Interesting. Do you by chance have the dates for the 2021 eclipses? Um, if not, totally cool. Totally cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. I would just need to find my note. My I, I actually use an ephemeris, um, which is like an OG old school way of doing astrology. Oh, that's cool. So it will, you know, take me a second to get those dates for you, but I do have them. Well, what I do know is that we're going to have the Sagittarius eclipse is going to be first. That one's going to be like in springtime. Okay. Then we're going to have the Gemini eclipse and that one's going to be early summer. Ooh. And then once we get into fall and winter, that's when we're going to move into the Taurus and Scorpio eclipses. So we'll have one in November and one in December. Fascinating. Fascinating. So we have the eclipse energies. What else is there to be highly anticipated for as far as other bigger things that we may need to pay attention for in 2021? Well, we do want to chat about the Taurus and Scorpio eclipses because they're going to bring economic reform. Mm, so that's like a little bit of change to the end of our end of our year. Um, a lot of bit of change. <laughs> A lot of bit of change in 2021 uh, with the economy, with the financial systems. So it's important to keep that in mind as well. But, um, you know, the Taurus and Scorpio energies, I always love the analogy of Taurus being the tree and Scorpio being the roots of the tree. So Scorpio is working more behind the scenes, you know, providing all those nutrients. And then the tree is showing up big and beautiful, like, come hug me, sit underneath me, look at my leaves. Um, and so I do think that because Taurus rules the second house of money and material wealth and, and foundation and Scorpio rules, you know, money, manifestation, debts, inheritances, that's a really interesting thing to go through um, to have eclipses on that axis. So money stuff is definitely going to be brought to the surface, but Taurus energy is all about being resourceful, having a plan, getting the work done and ultimately creating a foundation that works for everyone, not just some people. And so with the dismantling that's going to continue, we actually might see, I mean, hopefully, I like to be positive, right, in these matters. Hopefully we see some new structures that again, work better for everyone. Right. I, I think that's a positive way of looking at it too, because I know that so many people right now, as, as we're speaking in 2020 still, just the word of finances right now can just 
bring people into like a, sh- a shudder of a shiver, you know, just like, oh, finance. <laughs> so but I, I love the way of looking of the roots and the tree, because that's a really beautiful way of looking at those two diverse energies too, of like Scorpio doing the, the work that you can't see. And that's almost the way I've never thought about how those two energies work together in a sense. Yeah. And for anyone listening, who's feeling stressed out about the financial stuff, I do just want to add that, you know, Jupiter in Capricorn, which is the energy we've been experiencing all year, Jupiter doesn't like to be in Capricorn necessarily. It's in its detriment there, which means the planet can't function fully because the planet Jupiter is doing Saturn's bidding. And Saturn this year was all about restriction, constriction, lockdown. (laughs) And so Jupiter who typically brings more of abundance and expansion, Jupiter was also very constricted this year. So on December 19th, 2020, Jupiter will have moved into Aquarius. And again, Aquarius rules the internet, rules social media, rules technology. So I actually think a lot of people are going to feel a big shift from that slow Saturn Capricorn energy. Things are going to move in 2021 for sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's music to a lot of people's ears as well. What are some other things that we theme-wise that we can look forward to in 2021? So we're going to have a lot of changes in our relationships. Ooh, go on. (laughs) So I'm sure everyone has noticed this year has definitely changed romantic dynamics, friendships, community, and even our relationship with ourselves. And so as things are changing in the world around us, we're also being invited into a space to recalibrate how we relate with one another. And I absolutely love it because, you know, there's a lot of, especially in the dating world, right? (laughs) It's tough out there. And I think that, you know, with the way that we've all been sort of asked to not socialize and we've been asked to kind of stay home and, and things of that nature, I think what's happening is that for a lot of us, as we move through 2021, I think we're all going to have a lot more gratitude for each other. I think a lot of us are going to feel more open to love and more open to connection in 2021. And it's not to say that we haven't felt like that historically, but it is a big historical global change. And what we're going to come to find in 2021 is that we need each other. Wow. And that, and that is such a an amazing energy all in itself, because I can just remember when lockdown had happened. I That's of course, like the first time in our lifetime that anything like this has happened. And I remember the first time I actually saw people other than those outside of my immediate household. And I was like, faces, friends, humans. And it was just like such a relieving feeling to not feel so secluded or isolated in that way that I absolutely just remember in that moment feeling that deep sense of gratitude. So I am looking forward to that being emphasized in 2021. Yeah, I remember the first human that I saw since lockdown was my great friend, David Palmer, who I'm sure many of you know as the Leo King. Yes. And I was like, can we just hold hands? (laughs) I was just so seeing him was a completely different experience than, I mean, I've never been so incredibly warm and fuzzy to just hug a human. Right. 
right? Like things that you take for granted on just a normal day. And I haven't, I haven't seen my family in person. And of course, like this was before COVID that just kind of emphasized it, but we live pretty far apart and it's been like a year and a half. And I'm still in my mind, like waiting for that moment that I can hug my family. And it's, it grows, right? Like you're just like, I, I can't wait. And I remember going months and months without seeing them and it being okay. But now it just has this whole different feel to it. Like when I hug you, I'm not sure I'm going to let you go. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I've been hearing that from so many people. And quite frankly, I think it's so beautiful because the whole entire planet earth was never going to just like wake up on the same day and be like, let's care more. Let's love each other more. Let's consider like, it was never going to happen, you know? Right. Um, and so as the thing about, you know, the pandemic and everything is, is that the, the pain of it is not evenly dispersed. And so I understand that, but I am able to see how it is shaping us as, as humans, as a humanity. And I do see the good and the positivity in it. And, um, you know, here in 2021, we're going to have Jupiter and Pisces for a little bit. So Jupiter is going to move into Aquarius, like I said, December 19, 2020, but it's going to dip into Pisces May 13th through July 28th. And that's going to be a really deeply spiritual time for everyone. So I think we can also expect that we're all going to be tapping into our sense of spirituality, higher consciousness. I think that a lot of people are going to go swimming in their emotional depths, maybe for the first time ever. And for the collective to all have that accessible, I think, like I said, it's going to be a deeply spiritual time for us. And how cool too, that this all lines up, especially with the way that the internet has shifted, because you even think back to what was available on the internet 10 years ago. So if we're about to go through this collective heightened awareness of spirituality and digging deeper, and so many people already called 2020, like the year of the great awakening, right? Like our eyes have just woken up to so much. And if 2021, we really start to dig in how amazing that we do have the tool like the internet to connect us with healers and astrologers and mystics, you know, everyone who has this like long depth of knowledge that helps us become more aware, helps us heal, do that shadow work, the inner work to just become more aligned with our highest selves. I'm really, really excited for it. And, you know, and, uh, you know, not that the internet's not spiritual, but I think we're making it spiritual, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think like every day when I find someone else who's doing this work, it's just one of those yes feelings, right? Like, because I, I know, especially within the spiritual community, it's always a pump, pump someone else up. Like we're not dimming lights in, in this realm very often, at least those who are really in alignment, but the amount of positive information that I have seen start to really overshadow some of that negative is really cool. And I've also, a lot of friends are starting to leave certain social networks because they're noticing the negative chatter on it, because they're realizing that, you know, this person's not aligned with them. Like they're really starting to be more empowered in their choices and realize, Hey, even though the internet may have a grasp on me, I still have control of my actions and how I show up on the internet and what I digest from the internet either. Yeah, I think protecting your peace is so important. Like personally, if for anyone listening as well, this is a great tip. It honestly changed my life. 
when I wake up in the morning, I do not look at my phone. In fact, I don't even have my phone in my bedroom while I'm asleep. Um, I have it out in the kitchen, literally the other side of the house. And I allow myself to just wake up organically and I decide what my energy is, right? Before I grab my phone and start scrolling and then I feel polluted or jaded or stressed or frustrated or pressured to work or pressured to reach out. And so I really like to just kind of start my day just being a human. Mm -hmm. And even just that little switch can really help if you're really deep into consumption culture of the internet. And, you know, um, historically Jupiter, Jupiter cycles have really brought scientific and technological advances. So it's okay to navigate like what feels good, what doesn't, this is the time to do it. Yeah. And give yourself permission to do it as well. I'm all about giving yourself permission to do all the things. <laughs> all of them. All of them. So is Jupiter kind of happier in Pisces? I mean, much more so compared to than when it was in Capricorn, right? Yeah. So I love that you actually pointed that out. So Jupiter is a co-ruler of Pisces. Oh, Okay. Uh, so when we think of Pisces, we think of Neptune, but in traditional astrology, Jupiter rules Pisces. Interesting. So, yeah. So sometimes we think of Pisces and we're like, wow, their emotions are so big. That's Jupiter. Interesting. Yes. Because, you know, it's fascinating. I've always thought Neptune, but that actually makes a little bit more sense to me, I think, of, of just understanding the signs a little bit more. Yeah, it's both. I mean, Jupiter's got sort of like that... Uh, I don't want to say Midas touch, but anything Jupiter touches, it gets bigger. So when Jupiter connects with Neptune, you know, in the world of Pisces, it's really blowing up those Neptunian energies. Fascinating. So we have Jupiter doing this. What are some of the other larger outlying planets doing in 2021? Um, Saturn will also be in Aquarius. So that's really exciting. We can really expect a lot of um, foundational changes with Saturn. Also our concept of time is probably gonna shift a little bit because Saturn and Capricorn, things were moving really slow, you know? <laughs> mm, yes. Knowledge us to that. Um, but Saturn and Aquarius, things might pick up a different speed. Um, but another planet we really wanna pay attention to is Uranus and Taurus. So right out of the gate in January, we are experiencing Mars connecting to Uranus and it's going to actually square off with Jupiter. And this is going to happen during inauguration time here in the U.S. So that's something really important to pay attention to. Uranus is the great awakener. Uranus also rules sudden shock factor and really big changes um, in mythology. Uranus was married to Gaia and he was throwing lightning bolts down just to shock people. Um, he's, Uranus is really, really powerful. And so we are gonna have a lot of Uranus energy in 2021. And I think that with that, we might see some shifts with the actual earth. Uranus is in Taurus and this hasn't happened for 80 plus years. Wow. So you, if you think about it in the last almost century, there's been a lot of changes to the earth. And so I think it's something important to look at. I think a big thing with Uranus energy is that we wanna expect the unexpected. We can definitely, like I said, stay grounded into the old ways if they feel really good, but we do wanna, wanna give ourselves permission to 
have our eye on the future because it's here and it's moving really fast. So when you see movies or you read books and they're sci-fi and they're futuristic, we're here. We've arrived at that place. We are in that futuristic space. And I think that we can expect a lot of AI rollout um, in the next couple of years as well. I don't want anyone to be afraid of that, but we have to also be real with ourselves about the technological advances that are happening. Yes. Oh my, you're so funny when you said sci-fi. I have been, I'm, I'm totally cool with admitting this now. It's taking me a minute to have to admit this, but I have been nerding out on Star Trek <laughs> recently and I didn't think I, this would be something I watch, but it's actually given me like a glimpse of hope because when they are discussing the future, it's like, you know, the like earth itself got to this like point and then it broke and then now everything is compassion and kindness and it's no longer money driven. And when I was watching that, I was like, oh, they're talking about 2020. Like every, like that shift happened in 2020. It was so funny because of course the show was made in the early nineties, but it was so interesting. I think how everyone was already so forward thinking and how everyone has just always wanted that, that community of compassion and kindness and uh, yeah, technology making our lives a little bit easier, right? Work smarter, not harder. Not to say like we want a whole technology overhaul of the world, but I think that it's something that we're all deep rooted of desires, right? Of we all want a better world. And it it kind of feels like we needed 2020 to have some of those fallout so that we can start rebuilding with intention in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And I really feel 2021 is is not the solution year. It's a year to think about solutions, but we're not going to have everything figured out this year. Yeah. I think the real changes will be implemented 2022, 2023. So we've got a lot of work to do. So I think we can look at 2021 as a year to open our minds, open our hearts. We also have to understand that a lot of people are being pushed below the poverty line right now. A lot of things are changing again, economically, and a lot of things are changing in the government. And so when something like that happens, we are definitely being called to be like, okay, how can I help my neighbor? How can I help myself? How can I help the people that I don't even know? And so I always say, if you have a gift, <laughs> if you have something you're good at, whatever it is, 2021 is the year to get out there and to share it. I firmly believe that we were all born in this time space reality for this moment in history. And it is our responsibility to ourselves and to the collective to show up and to participate. Oh, I love that so much. And sometimes just recognizing your own power is a wake up call in itself. Yeah. I mean, I was really not embarrassed, but I was really shy to start an astrology business. Um, my astrology business was actually my second business. And I was coming from the writing world, living in Hollywood. And I was like, I think people might feel as though I'm weird or strange, even though it's something that I had been doing for 10 years already, mm -hmm. kind of secretly and more privately. And I wasn't super solar about it. And I just want everyone to know, like, the second that I decided, yes, I'm going to share my gift, my whole life changed. Mm, that's so beautiful to just lean into, lean into the true you and, and drop all of that outside chatter of what someone else may think, because 
clearly you're rocking it. And could you imagine not leaning into this? Like to, if you have not followed this calling of yours, where you would even be right now? No, I think about it all the time, Lauren. I, I would be probably married to someone that I didn't necessarily want to be married to. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like a doctor's wife in Virginia or something. Like, <laughs> you know, like it would definitely look different. And I just, you know, I think for everyone too, just remember that when you share your gift, you're literally contributing to the collective. Yes, that is, that's a powerful thing to remember. Are there any other big things about 2021 that you may want to share that we should pay attention to? Um, I think at this time, I kind of covered the things that I feel would be a great, you know, starting point as we pop into the new year. Um, but I guess what I really want to share is, you know, I don't want anyone to forget to have fun, use your imagination, get creative, fantasize, and do continue building the life for yourself that you truly not only desire, but deserve. Mm, Such a beautiful message. And I know that you have so much more to share your Instagram posts. I sometimes like in the middle of the day, I'll just be like, okay, what did she post? Cause I know, I know something's be going on right now and I just need to understand the energy. So I know you have more to offer. Where can our audience go to connect with you further? So my Instagram speaking of is astrology.with.raquel. I absolutely love Instagram. I have so much fun over there. If you are on my Instagram from the podcast, please DM me and say hello. I love chatting and connecting. Otherwise, you can go to my website, which is astrologywithraquel.com. And I also love hosting amazing containers. So I have a mastermind that I launch every three months. We work through whatever astrological season is happening. And I also have a signature course called the Astro Soul Academy that you can purchase on demand. And that actually teaches you about your sun, moon, rising, your north node of destiny, and your south node of destiny. Oh, so good. And this is all such amazing things to understand about yourself. I am a firm believer that astrology really helps in the self-awareness process. So if you're kind of going through like the dark night of the soul, or you're just like, something's not working in my life, I would encourage to just lean into astrology a little bit deeper, a little bit more and open your mind to it. Yeah, I always say astrology is a tool on the personal development path. And well, you know this, Lauren, as a Capricorn Virgo moon, I like results. I'm a results. Yes, yes. (laughs) So if astrology didn't bring results for myself and hundreds of clients, I wouldn't be interested in it. Right. Yeah. And and I can personally say, even for myself, when I started understanding it and just for me, understanding the energies more, right? Like that was such a huge piece for me and just understanding the energies. I felt like I wasn't so blindsided by different things in life, but also I was able to give myself more permission to just be my true self and just know like, That's just a part of me and I need to be more okay with that and accept that about me without putting the expectation on other people to accept it. I need to accept it first. Absolutely. Discovering my moon sign changed my life. Yes. (laughs) 
It's so fascinating for me too. I, I actually understood my parents more too. Um, what learning astrology and how they, you know, how their energy show up in my chart and vice versa. So it's just that it's, it's so cool. And I love that you said that you're, you're not done learning about it. You're continuously learning and there is so much to unpack, but I know if you just take it step by step, it can feel very overwhelming in the beginning, but just just start to lean in and I'm telling you, no regrets. Yeah, absolutely. And I also host workshops here and there or master classes where you can come in and get some really valuable information and you don't have to commit to, you know, a course or a mastermind. But I also post on Instagram almost daily because I think that the more that we look into astrology, you will naturally start to learn the language. Yes. Yes. I had no idea what like, when someone's like, Oh, this is conjunct and square. I was like, well, I didn't know shapes were in astrology. <laughs> what, where yeah. is the square doing in here? And now I understand more. So it's definitely, you just start picking it up and then you start understanding the planets more. And it really does. Just, it's a language on itself, but you really begin to understand. Yeah. Astrology is actually, I mean, it's a lot of things, but before it's anything, it's math. Um, and so when we talk about astrology, we're talking about the calculations of the degrees of where the planets are in the sky. So they're actual mathematical calculations. And so astrologers work really hard to package all of that up in a way that is a pretty Instagram post. So please enjoy it, you guys. Oh, I love it. Raquel, you are such a bright light and what I like to call a world shifter. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Lauren. This was so much fun. And I really hope that this was helpful for everyone listening. And I'm just feeling overwhelmed with love right now, just for every human on earth. And I really just want to reflect back to everyone listening that listening to a podcast, you know, leaning into your personal development, leaning into, like you say, being a world shifter is the most amazing gift that you could ever give. And I just appreciate you and everyone listening. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Raquel and I ended up talking for another hour after we hit end on record. The amount of similarities we have in our life journeys is wild. Raquel did share that she forgot to mention that Mercury retrograde dates. I know everyone always wants to know about Mercury retrograde. We have it happening three times this year. The first time is January 30th to February 21st. Then again, May 29th to June 22nd. And lastly, from September 27th to October 23rd. If you want to understand Mercury retrogrades more, be sure to follow Raquel. I have linked her website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend and be sure to give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I'm back on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.